Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky, and this is the start of our series all about using your email marketing system more effectively. Today, I have Sarah Anderson with me, and she is an email marketing strategist. It's a great way for us to kick off this series. So you're going to have this episode today. And then we're going to have conversations with representatives from several different email marketing service providers. And then we're going to wrap up with our deep dive episode where we're going to go in and create an action plan that is going to work for you no matter where you are on your email marketing journey to help you take the next step so that you can use your email marketing that much more to connect with your audience and for them to feel ready to work with you. Email marketing is one of those tools that I believe every business needs to have and use every single month of business. It doesn't matter what type of business you have, email marketing lands emails into someone else's inbox. If you or your audience are anything like me, you have your phone with you when you are out and about, and it's easy to just rifle through your inbox and see what's there. So that's why we want to be showing up consistently inside someone's inbox. So let's get into this conversation with Sarah so that you can start thinking about segmenting and sequencing and all the goodies that she has to share here. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. I am so excited to be kicking off this email marketing mini series with you because you are a strategist and you kind of get into why email marketing is effective and how it actually works in businesses. So before I run off on the mic, I want to make sure I bring you on, say hello, and share a little bit about what it is within the email marketing that you absolutely love working on. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk email and to talk strategy because that is like one of my favorite things that I work with clients on. So I am an email strategist and a copywriter. So I work with coaches and course creators and consultants who are ready to sell more with their email list and really leverage their email list. Uh, And so I love working on sales copy. I love working on launches with them, evergreen funnels, all of that good stuff, even nurture sequences too. Those are important as well. Nice. Yes. And I think we're going to touch on all of those both today as well as within the rest of the series. So let's start with nurture because nurture is generally the place that our clients start and they need to understand how to properly nurture their audience to groom them toward whatever product or service they are actually offering. And I know a lot of people start with offering a freebie download of some kind, offer the download and send it out and then crickets. 
or then they get jumped onto the main email list and there is no nurturing involved. So let's dial that back and figure out the best right way to nurture someone who has just joined your list. Yeah, so the nurture sequence is really your chance to like kind of make friends with your new subscriber. Like they're excited, they signed up, they like raise their hand like, hey, I want to hear from you. And it just like breaks my heart when I see people that just like drop them into nothing or forget about them or drop them into like the middle of their other newsletters. Like I, this is something we can talk about more with segmenting, but I was on a, a person's list one time. I signed up for their freebie got the freebie. And then the next email I got from them was like, the card is closing. Why haven't you bought yet? And so they dropped me in the middle of their launch sequence because they hadn't had that segmented out. And that's really not the right place for a new subscriber. You really want to use your nurture sequence to introduce them to your brand, introduce them to who you are, what you do, and how you can really help them. And that can set them up for working with you down the line. Yes, yes. And so when we talk about a nurture sequence, I know I have my idea of what makes sense. And I know probably every single email strategist has their own idea of how many emails, what the frequency is. Are there some rules of thumb that you would kind of give to the audience so that they can say, check, I've got this right? Or, oh, maybe I should go back and revisit. Well, like for frequency, one of the things that I like to do for nurture sequences is email a little bit more frequently at the top, at the beginning of the sequence, like maybe every day, every other day, and then slowly, gradually kind of drag it out. Um, something you'll see a lot that's really popular is the Fibonacci sequence for email sequencing. So that is like, I'm trying to remember what it is, but I think it's like one email on day one. So that is like mm -hmm. the confirmation email. And then another email on day one, which is like their welcome email. And then the next email is day two. Uh -huh. And then I think it's one plus two. So day three, they get an email. And then two plus three. So day five, they get an email. And that way you just kind of can space it out gradually like that. So you get to maybe your once a week frequency or your every other week frequency that your regular newsletter is at. Because when they first sign up, they're usually the most interested in you. They're eager to hear from you they're looking for that in that email in their inbox a lot of times if you have a really juicy freebie so it's like you want to strike while the iron's hot and really like get to know them and like get in there when they're actually like the most interested yes absolutely okay and so I have um, my degree in computer science and I took a lot of advanced math and you got to know what the, my stomach did when we said when you said the Fibonacci sequence I love that sequence it's one of those um but I know that I'm not like normal when it comes to this <laughs> stuff but the Fibonacci sequence for anybody who doesn't know is um a never-ending sequence where basically you add the first number and the second number are both ones and then you add those two together and to get the next number and every single time you get the next number in the sequence all you're doing is adding the two numbers prior to it so it can go on it goes on forever actually but it's one of those sequences that you find in nature a lot and because we find it in nature, it's actually a really easy thing for people to digest. So by sending people an email, you know, they're sending two emails on day one, 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 and then sending one on day two, you're setting up that level of expectation. And it feels familiar because, again, it's something that is kind of ingrained in us, which I just love. Um, and then you're spacing it out. I really like that approach. And I'm definitely going to implement that a little bit more thoroughly in my own business. So when people do um, want to engage with me, that's probably what they're going to see. Probably right now, if you were to go and sign up somewhere on the Tech of Business website, you'll be nurtured in this way. <laughs> so 
So that's kind of awesome. And when you talked about the nurture sequence versus like segmenting, I mean, I kind of wanted to go into what segmenting is and why it makes sense to segment right at the outset and what that looks like and um, and maybe even how to drop people out of segments and putting them into their main list. Yeah, so segmenting is really about getting the right email to the right person at the right time because the person that's in that like just signed up and is in your nurture sequence, it's not the right time for them to get your launch sequence. But someone who went to your webinar and has been clicking on your emails, that's the right person to send to that launch sequence. So mm-hmm. some things I'll do like I have a newsletter segment, which is like the easiest way that I've found to kind of separate out people from my welcome sequence. So I'll have them go through the welcome sequence. And then when that's completed, they get tagged as a newsletter. And then when I send out my regular broadcast emails, it only goes to that segment. Uh, Something else that's really great to do for segmenting that I often do in the nurture sequence or in the welcome sequence is I will do a self-segmenting email where I'll send an email and say, hey, can you tell me which best describes you? And I'll give them some clickable links that then when they click that, it'll track them. And those links can be based on whatever it is you're tracking. So it could be, you know, where they are in their business. You know, I'm a beginner. I'm, you know, zero to one years in. I'm two to five years in, I'm five plus years in. It could be if you serve multiple markets, you could have one for each different avatar. And that way you can start to see who is on your list and start using that data to make your emails that much more effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you're segmenting your list, it's not you manually going in and saying, oh, I talked to this person on Facebook. Oh, I've never talked to this person. Oh, this person found me on Instagram. It's not that. It is having the system set up in such a way that your people are telling you what they are interested in and what they want and who they are so that you can then say, oh, I want to send something to people who are all in my list who have been in business for less than two years. And then you can use that segment to send to them because maybe you've got a group coaching program that would be perfect for people who are under two years. But then you don't want to send that to people who are have been in business for 10 years because they have different focus. They're still somebody you want to work with, but you want to send them a different offer. Um, It makes a lot of sense to do segmenting. One of the things that I tend to do with segmenting is to add people to whatever list you know so like you've got your main list and or your newsletter list or newsletter segment and people get added to that and then they may or may not receive a newsletter based on additional tags that they have in the system or based on other segments that they have self-selected for so if you're sending out your newsletter on a weekly basis, but you're in a launch sequence with a certain segment, you can actually exclude that launch, the people who are in that launch sequence from your regular email so that you can keep them focused on the product and service that you're offering through that launch. Um, What other ways do you find are beneficial to segment or to use your segments within your email sending? Um, Well, speaking about launches, something else that's really smart to do is if you're doing like a big launch where you're going to be emailing a lot about the same thing is to include a link in that email to say, like, I don't want to hear about this anymore or like click here to stop hearing about like XYZ product launch, because that's a way to kind of let your subscribers kind of choose their own adventure with your emails and let them kind of guide the emails they get. And for segmenting, it really is about like 
tagging and tracking their behavior. So it's not always like, oh, subscriber, tell me exactly who you are. It could be like, I'm sending like a blog post that I think is going to be interesting to this type of client or this type of subscriber. And then the people that click that link, you can track, you know, because you can see, okay, based on that headline, these type of people as probably who is reading it, you'll know, you'll mm-hmm. probably have some super fans in there, but it's a way to track kind of what they're interacting with. And this can get to be kind of a big conversation because it's like, oh my gosh, do I have to have like a tracking link for every link I send out? And it doesn't have to be that big. Like if you're just getting started with segmenting, like I would say probably dial it back to like just your few main segments. But think about like, you can think about your audience segments and you can think about the types of promo emails that you're sending. So like, like a launch list, you can decide, okay, is this going to be my whole newsletter segment or am I going to segment that out by doing some pre-launch stuff and getting people to opt into it? So you can do it kind of either way. Yeah, no, that makes very good sense. I love the idea of segmenting so that you're, you want people to like your emails. I mean, that's the reason why we segment. We don't want to blast out all of our emails because some of them are not relevant. And the longer that someone stays on your list and likes what they see, the more likely they are to eventually purchase from you. So as long as you are cognizant of what they are actually looking for and what you can offer them that stays in line with that, the faster and easier I think it's going to be to help everybody feel more warm and comfortable. I want to get back to the nurture sequence for a minute because I kind of alluded to this and you didn't answer me. (laughs) But when you talked about the Fibonacci, you kind of talked about going out as far as your regular recurring emails go out. So if you're sending weekly, go out as far as, uh, five emails basically so that you're hitting that weekly basis. If someone doesn't send emails on a regular basis yet, but they want to really do a really good job with their nurture campaign, do you have any rules of thumb as to how they can figure out how many emails to send in that sequence? And if there's any kind of information that they should be sending in the email to propel the lead to uh, client avenue a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, you can kind of create sort of a hybrid between a nurture sequence and a sales sequence. That's kind of like what I call an evergreen sequence because it's always out there working for you. Mm -hmm. But if you're not sending regular emails, that's where you have a choice to make where it's like, okay, do I want to create like a forever sequence that can go on for like months and months and like nurture people long-term or do I want to have more of a shortened sales sequence that I put people in where maybe like you're starting with sort of the regular nurture stuff and then you're offering them like a webinar or something like that that then is leading into a launch or or you're off if you're doing like maybe your client your client-based business and you're working towards like getting them on the phone with you so you're again you are offering them value but then also offering them a way to work with you mm-hmm. um so that's the kind of like i don't recommend not sending regular emails but i understand <laughs> why people don't do it because it is a big commitment but that's where i would say you have to look at strategy long term are you not going to send emails um or is it just like right now you're getting started because if you're getting started i would say go maybe with a shorter sequence like five to ten welcome emails and then that gives people enough leeway that you can get like i mean you could do like three, four week email sequence. I used to have a, I think it was like a 21 day welcome sequence that I had would have running. Um, so like when people get on your list, it's a while before they get on your nurture or your, your newsletter list. 
So you can kind of give yourself that runway time. Um, but if you have, like I had a client that she just didn't have the bandwidth to send regular emails, but she had a huge back catalog of blog posts, like over a hundred blog posts. So we created a forever sequence for her where we were repurposing content she already had into emails that would just run for like six months to people. And, you know, in each of those emails or you can, you can include a link to like your website in each of them, or you can include like, I have in my footer, I have interested in working with me, click here. So that goes out in every single email I send, even if it's not a sales email. So you can do that and then also mix in some of those more uh, promotional sales focused emails. See, everybody can do an email marketing. It's, it's one of those things that it's such a pillar in online business nowadays is to be able to send out emails. And so if you're not sending out emails regularly, zero shame at all. I mean, it's only been a few months that I've been sending out regular emails and it's been so good. It really helps me focus my week by knowing that I am sending something out to my list every single week and it kind of helps focus that content of what else I'm going to be putting out on social media and what else I'm going to be doing on the podcast and other things like that. So there's been a very tangible link between what goes out in my email and what else people are going to see from me in other avenues on social media and on the podcast and if I'm on any webinars or virtual summits or any of that kind of stuff it's all contained and it makes it really easy to give information and still feel like I'm not forcing myself to sit down and write because that's the last thing I want anyone to feel like is that they're sitting down forced to write and you can always bring on a copywriter you know like Sarah if that's something that you are interested in but um, I think that it's it's kind of time for you know the, the listeners if you aren't sending regular emails Put it on your calendar three weeks from now and say, I'm going to start sending emails three weeks from now on a weekly basis and just go with it. Sarah, can you talk about the intrinsic benefits of having your emails show up every single week in your lists in their inboxes? Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing with consistency is it's building a lot of trust with your subscribers. And if they see you showing up every week, you're looking like a lot more reliable person. Like if they hire you, you're not going to just like take their money and disappear. You're actually showing up and you get a lot of chances to have like these touch points with people and start to build relationships with people. And you don't know when those are going to turn into something if they ever do. But like I have people that have been on my list for like over a year before they reach out to work with me, but they had been seeing me. And so when they needed a copywriter, I was the one they thought of because I was the one that was consistently showing up. So you want to be the top of their mind for whatever it is that you are offering and let them know I'm here. I'm around like you can trust me. And it's really for building that no like and trust factor is you know it's a long-term thing but it's so important and you know when you're talking about putting on your calendar to send weekly emails if weekly is too hard like start with once a month start with twice a month just start doing it and making it a commitment i would love if you could do weekly that's really good but i mean i know for some people that's that's too overwhelming to even think of so like start where you are and just just keep going totally totally now there's a lot of content that goes into email and a lot of copy, a lot of a lot of text, a lot of um, ways that people can communicate what they're doing. When 
you start working with someone who has an established list and they kind of have an idea of what their segments are like and you're just coming in to help them with a nurture sequence or you're coming in to help them with a launch sequence actually not a launch sequence but more of a nurture sequence or their regular newsletters what type of content do you recommend you know coaches and course creators and membership site owners which is the large percentage of the um, audience here I've kind of done some surveying so I actually know you guys a little bit better now um but uh what kind of things do you recommend that they put into these weekly um, emails or into their nurture sequences so into their nurture sequences i actually created a freebie that we can share with your list it's my welcome sequence roadmap and i have like five emails you can include i can do like a quick run through of those hold on one sec let me just pull it up here <laughs> Okay, so I have a welcome sequence roadmap freebie that we can share with your audience. And in it, I have five emails that you can send out for your welcome sequence that are really easy nurture sequence. You can put it together probably in a weekend, you know, because I'm telling you what the emails are, what to include in them, what the point is. So we've got your welcome email, and I call it a more than a freebie welcome email because your welcome email has your highest over rate. So I always like to ask people to do something a little extra. Um, and so I have a few ideas for you in there of what that could be. It could be replying to your email. It could be sharing your freebie. It could be sharing something else. It could be giving them some more value. It's, you can do a lot of stuff with this welcome email so that you're really capitalizing on those eyes that are on your emails. Um, then I also have email two is add some extra value. So this is where you're like piling it on. You already gave them a great freebie. You're giving them some more. Uh, I have the mind reader email, which is where you'll do some self-segmenting and ask the people to tell you who they are and what they want. And that's where you can start to do that segmenting and know a little bit more about who is reading your emails. Uh, I also include the ask me anything email, which is a invitation for them to reply back to you. And it's such a valuable way to get ideas for future content, future offerings, and just really start to get to know subscribers one-on-one -on -one and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone that's on your list. And then I end up, I end the sequence with a, what I call a see you soon email, which is what I kind of like to call like a, a grab bag email where you're sharing like all the different links, like find me on Facebook. Here's where you can follow me here. Like here's, and just like kind of letting them know like, Hey, I'll still be in your email. If you want to know, follow me some other places. Here's where you can find me. Uh, so I have all of that uh, spelled out in the freebie and I also have a couple email scripts that can get you started on it so we will definitely be sure to share that yeah absolutely that is fantastic because I I'm thinking to myself I bet somebody's putting their Facebook links in the first email maybe they should be holding off that was my first thought is hmm I wonder where my emails have my social share <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna go back and look and those will all be updated by the time this episode goes live which is the advantage I I've got that I listen to this and I do the work and then I post the episode. But um, coming back to this whole email marketing series that I am in the process of and that we're introducing here today, we're going to be going into conversations with several different email marketing providers. And I am very much tool agnostic. I like to be able to be in a lot of different tools. When it, With your experience working in a lot of different clients' email systems, are there certain things that you recommend they look for when they are looking to double down on what they've chosen or look for something new so i like to have the, the option to do like segmenting very easily like link triggers that kind of thing i don't know like some of my used to use 
didn't make it very easy, but so much has changed since I was like in MailChimp and stuff like that, that mm -hmm. I'm sure it's easier. I would love people to be able to have plain text emails or be able to change the format of the emails very easily because that is something that it depends on what kind of business you are, but I generally go for the plain text emails where it looks like it could be coming from like someone that you know, you don't want to have, I don't like personally having all of the design and stuff. For some people, like I understand like if your business is like photography heavy, like that makes sense. But like for a lot of these coaches, course creators that I work with, it's okay to have it kind of stripped down, maybe a banner, maybe something like that. Um, and also I look for, depending on what you want for like forms and stuff, some of them make it really easy to create forms and landing pages within the service. And some of them you really need like something else like lead pages or something, a third party. So depending on that and, and your comfort level with creating that, if you have someone that can help you with that, like that's maybe not as big of a concern, but like for my personal business, like I when I first started using MailChimp, I couldn't get the forms to look right. So I like paid for lead pages when I had like no subscribers. And it, I was like, okay, I probably didn't need to do that. Like looking back now, like if I had looked at some other services or had learned how to use WordPress a little bit better. Right, right. Yeah. So there, there's a learning curve. I, that's kind of what I'm seeing here is that there's a learning curve and that there are different levels of email marketing systems, which of course I'm going to be getting into throughout the series, but also just know what's important it's most important to be able to connect with that one person who is receiving your email every single time all those one persons those are the people that we're wanting to connect with um, we're not just sending to a list giving people a personality or giving your your subscribers a personality and giving them the opportunity to connect and feel like they're part of your community and that you actually genuinely care are really like some of the most important aspects of email marketing and why it's such an effective mechanism for communicating with leads and uh, with clients and things like that. So Sarah, what I want to do now is jump in real quick into um, something that you mentioned, which was the pre-launch type emails, like so self-selecting before a major launch. This is something that just like it piqued my interest. And so if it piqued mine, it might have piqued a few people's here. I want to kind of talk about what you meant by um, by a pre-launch sequence um, and, uh, and so that we can kind of wrap our heads around that. Yeah. So when you think about like a launch, maybe you're going into it and you don't have any segmenting done yet and you want to like just get the most interesting interested leads coming through that's when you can do like a lot of people do it with webinars or like the plf style launch product launch formula where it's like the three videos that then lead to a webinar where you're asking people to opt in for content you know they're not opting in for you know they're not saying oh i'm interested in this product you're selling but you're you're kind of gauging their interest by asking them hey i'm hosting this really cool webinar are you interested in signing up like here you can here you go and that's kind of how then you can create a launch list from your main list so that like the people that are interested in it and the people that have been you know following your emails regularly opening them or interacting with them they're going to end up going into that launch rather than just saying it to everyone you can do it either way this is just kind of a personal preference between how how much you want to like email your list how nurtured they are you know if they if you haven't emailed them a lot lately you might want to do something like this to kind of wake them up a little bit and warm them up some with something that's really high value um rather than just 
dropping them all into it. Um, so you can kind of also see then what percentage of your list is actually responding to this. Like if you're testing a new product or a new offer that you're like, I haven't really done something like this. Let me see how it goes. And you want to do like a beta launch to a smaller portion. This is another great way to do something like that. So having people self-select that they are interested in what you're going to offer. there It's pretty clear inside those emails in that pre-launch time frame that you are offering about to offer something. Um, and it may be group coaching. It may be one-on-one. It may be a course. It may be a membership site. It could be any number of things. And the idea being that if someone raises their hand and says, I want more information, they're more likely to show up to your webinar, to show up to your Zoom info call. They're more likely to just, to reply to another email. Maybe you're going to, part of your email sequence has reply to this and things like that. So by providing people with the power to say yes is really effective. And that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. You want to let people like choose, choose how they want to interact with their emails and kind of co-create their experience with your email so that you're not just giving everyone the same experience. I I really like that. I think that this is a great place for us to kind of wrap up this introduction to a little bit more of the strategy of email marketing before I go in and have those awesome interviews that are coming up that I'm so, so excited for everybody to listen to as part of this series. And I really wanted to kick things off by having everybody listen to Sarah and have this conversation and kind of hear about the strategy and the why behind email so that you can get the most out of the rest of this series. So Sarah, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today please share that link to that freebie any other share links that you might have and then we're going to circle back to my one last uh curveball question so you didn't get out of it just because you're part of the series <laughs> all right uh, well thank you for having me jamie and for you can find me at proemailcopy.com and you can download that free roadmap at proemailcopy.com slash roadmap and you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, pro email copy. Um, so you can find me all around the internet world. <laughs> nice. I like it. Nice and simple, you know, so you'll be able to find Sarah at pro email copy. That is awesome. And let's go to that curveball question. I love sharing, you know, something that's kind of a little bit of a curveball question here at the end. And Sarah, for you, I want to know if there was one thing that an email marketing system could do that you haven't found one that does it exactly the way that you want it yet what would that be and why would you want that oh okay that's I love that I'm trying to think so I have had clients where we have like an onboarding like nurture sequence that also offers like an offer and I haven't found an easy way to like pull them out of that middle, like the sales portion of that offer after they bought, but still deliver like the final kind of nurturing wrap up emails. Like, so there might be like an offer kind of mixed in, but Mm -hmm. like, I know you can tag them and pull them out of the sequence if they've bought, but there's still like emails I want them to see like that are related to the offer. So that's something I, I, there might be a way to do it. And I'm just like clueless about it, but that's something I would like to see is to be able to kind of like, jump in and out of a sequence based on like jump in and out of emails even based on tags yes and I have it as an automation yeah yes I I'm sitting here saying 
I'd love for you to listen to the episode that's coming up with Active Campaign. Because okay. you can totally do that with Active Campaign. And that's the email service provider that I use and I use with a lot of my clients because you can jump in and out of things all over the place. The segmenting and the automation is a um, strategist's dream. Okay. So- <laughs> I have to dig into Active Campaign. I use ConvertKit for my business. A lot of my clients use ConvertKit. And it's it's really great in a lot of ways, but it isn't quite as detailed as far as segmenting. I know I've heard really great things about Active Campaign. <laughs> I will listen yeah. to that episode. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And everyone else, if you have ideas as to what you wish your email marketing provider can um, do for your business, be sure to post them in the Tech of Business community on Facebook, which you can, of course, go to at any time by going to techofbusiness.com forward slash community. And Sarah, thank you again so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. That was so, so good. So if you noticed, if you're listening to this series in real time, this episode came out on a Monday because again, when we do series, we're going to condense our schedules. So in just two days, I'm going to be dropping our next episode. And that one is going to be with Active Campaign, which I mentioned in this episode. And after that, next week, we're going to have two more Uh, interviews with representatives from email marketing service providers and then we'll wrap up the following week so be sure to subscribe to the series and to connect with us in the Facebook group again that's techofbusiness.com forward slash community that's where we're going to be talking about this series and helping you to get the most out of your email marketing Thank you so much for listening and sharing the series with your friends, peers, and colleagues around town and around the world. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.